somebody say, well, it was my kid's birthday the other day, so I ate some cake. It was whose birthday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your child's birthday. It was not your birthday, you know? And your kid is like one. She was saying things like doctor's chairs at doctor's offices are fat phobic. Why? Because if an individual who's obese goes into a doctor's office and these are chairs with handles, mm-hmm. they cannot sit in those chairs. Here's like a healthy kid, but because of the... Uh um, the household that he's in and the habits that are, have been given to him, now this kid is unhealthy. And I'm seeing this happen in real time. You want to know why you're not really seeing older folks talking about fat acceptance? Because they're all dead, right? So there needs to be a level of compassion when it comes to the way you think and the way you communicate and the way you try to, if an individual wants your help, the way you try to help them. As you get older, people who are in shape and people who are out of shape all talk about as you get older, things start to hurt a little bit. And when I say don't be fat, I just mean don't overdo shit. And also don't underdo stuff. The side where you need to like move, you, you do need to move. The side where you need to figure out your nutrition, like you do have to figure that out. Parents will be like, I'll do anything. I'll die for my kid. Would you put down the Doritos? Last thing you'd want to do is eat a healthy meal. The first thing you want to do is maybe go to In-N-Out and get yourself a nice double-double fries mm-hmm. and a large strawberry vanilla milkshake. Maybe some animal fries because that'll that should make you feel good, but it won't help you in the long run towards the goals that you have. So chocolate vanilla, though. Uh-uh. No, strawberry, strawberry, vanilla. strawberry, vanilla. Power Project family. How's it going? And listen up. We talk about meat and nutrition all the time on this podcast from the carnivore diet, keto, low carb, IFYM. And the cool thing is that we've partnered with a great company, Piedmontese Beef. Yes, it's beef. And the great thing about Piedmontese Beef is this. No matter if you're someone who's dieting on low fats, high fats, carnivore, any diet, they have different types of cuts of steak that are going to fit your diet perfectly from the flat iron that has Andrew. What is the macros on that thing? Uh, So that one has 46 grams of protein and only four grams of fat for the entire steak. And if you want fattier cuts, they have ribeyes, center cuts, they have Literally everything for no matter what diet you do. So you can't use the excuse of your diet and tell yourself that you can't eat red meat. So, Andrew, how can they get Piedmontese beef? Yes, man. So that's at Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. At checkout, enter promo code POWER for 25% off your entire order. And if your order is $150 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Again, Piedmontese.com, promo code POWER. All links down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Humping the air. That's not a good example of how I can move, man. I can move. I've seen you. You can move. I can move. I like it. I like the way you move. Mm? I like the way you move it, move it. (laughs) Is it? No. No, how's it go? No, I like to to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, that's a good song. I was thinking Outcast. I like the way you you move. move. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, bring it back, Andrew. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we've been rolling, but what's up, everybody? Hey, yeah. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. Outcast is awesome. Outcast is a shit. AT Aliens. Oh my goodness. Is that a full album? Yes. yes. I don't think I heard the full thing. I'm sorry. Oh, dude, that is classic. And then, of course, I know the one before that, which I can't think of. All I. Cadillac. Oh, goddamn. I'm not going to remember. But that was a really good one, too. They don't make a bad album. Put it that way. Guys, Andrew's probably going to be in the Discord talking about music. I could. You should. We should make a... There is a music Discord channel. 
uh, Discord uh, channel within our server where people are talking about some of their favorite songs that they play mm-hmm. before lifting. So you got to educate. Oh, yeah, you got to educate yeah, us. Yeah, I did see that. Educate yep, us I, on Discord. Mm-hmm. We made 150 bucks over there so far. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> did but, you download it yet? No. I <laughs> you asshole. So I, I, but I went on to uh, what's it, Discord, but I couldn't figure out how do you buy crypto on Discord. Dog, like it doesn't make know. any sense. Guys, tell us how to buy <laughs> crypto on Discord. <laughs> You stupid. You're so stupid. Uh, but we're also on Reddit slash, slash MB Power Project, I believe. The link's in the description. So join because it's a lot of fun. There's almost there's almost 200 people on Discord right Damn. now. Yeah. People will figure it out, right? Yeah. So what's will on, you. What's on your mind today? You got something? What's on your mind today? What's on my mind today? Mm-hmm. Dog. Um, I was, my girlfriend showed me this video. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We wow. were watching it while we were on our way to have our huskies have a husky meetup. Huh. Um, but we, it was this video of this woman. And let me just find the title of the video because I, I thought it was, I was getting somewhat annoyed as I was listening to it. But then I started to like really, it, things started to make a bit of sense. But there's this woman who, uh, this dislikes Dr. Mike on YouTube. Dr. Mike is this doctor and he made a video talking about, um, Fat phobia, because apparently he made a video and then it hit Reddit. And on Reddit, a group of individuals that are overweight were calling Dr. Mike fat phobic. Then he made a video in response to them. And then this therapist who is a she's an overweight therapist. She went and made a video of therapist reacts to claims that Dr. Mike is fat phobic. And I listened to the whole thing. And it helped me understand a bit more about fat phobia in general. I also sent you guys a TED talk, which I walked after, which I watched after. And it's by this woman. It's called The Fear of Fat, The Real Elephant in the Room by Kelly Jean Drinkwater, TEDx Sydney. We'll have the links to these videos in the, in the bio below. But it, it really got me thinking about the idea of fat phobia, because whenever I've heard it on social media or saw people talking about fat phobia on social media, I was like, I, in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because whenever you see snippets of it, it's all, it's usually fitness people railing on the idea of being fat phobic. They're like, you can't be fat phobic. We're trying to be healthy. Oh, fuck that. You just don't want to get, it's just a bunch of shit, right? But by listening to their perspectives, it really helped me understand a bit more about kind of the idea of fat phobia and how as us and fitness we're engulfed within fitness we care about health we care about longevity i think that we might have a blind eye to what individuals in these groups are dealing with from their perspective yeah it's um there's so many different versions of somebody getting very heavy you know somebody might be abused as a child uh which is like the case of my mother so then as she was older uh, she had a lot of her, a lot of things in her head that she would have had to clear out and clean out and fix mm. in order for her to not only lose weight, which she did many times, uh, but to be able to keep it off. Right. Yeah. It's like, you can't just change, uh, a handful of habits and, and have long-term success. You can have short-term success by changing some small habits and that's wonderful, but to have the like long-term impact, you got to kind of change and reframe a lot of the ways that you think about things. And and one thing that comes to mind is just like something as simple as like celebration. You got to like reinterpret how you celebrate. Like uh, somebody say, "Well, it was my kid's birthday the other day, so I ate some cake." And you're like, "Can you say that again?" <laughs> 
it was whose birthday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your child's birthday. It was not your birthday, you know? And your kid is like one. So it's like your kid doesn't eat, you know what I mean? Like it's, this isn't, this admit it's fine to eat the cake, but just admit that it's an excuse. So I think a lot of what people are dealing with that are heavy that have gotten it to be heavy is, um, they really have to figure out a way to reframe a lot of the stuff that's in their head. And a lot of these things are concepts that may have been there for a really, really long time because maybe unfortunately they got really heavy at a super young age. And you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, there are aspects of what she was talking about within that video that I agreed with, but there are some things that I found, um, I just couldn't necessarily fully wrap my mind around, although it made sense. We know the statistics that, 70, if not more, like maybe 70 to 75% of the U.S. population at this point is overweight and around 35 to 40% of them are obese. And she was saying certain things like certain things that I didn't really think about, but I can understand it. She was saying things like doctors, chairs at doctor's offices are fat phobic. Why? Because if an individual who's obese goes into a doctor's office and these are chairs with handles, Mm -hmm they cannot sit in those chairs, right? Right. Now, individuals who are making this infrastructure don't necessarily think about that. They're just like, this is how chairs are made. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at that from the perspective of someone who's overweight or obese, who cannot fit in that chair, it's like, I don't even want to go to the doctor's office anymore. Right. And then the question becomes, it's like, well, are we, another, another thing she mentioned, she was like, the doctor, the industry of doctors is fat phobic. And I was thinking about that and an aspect of it I understood. And the aspect was like, for example, a lot of doctors are men, most of them. And a lot of doctors in the field are older. They come from a different side of a a different time when there was a certain body type that was idealized, typically like the very skinny individual, Mm -hmm. right? And we know that that can be healthy. There are aspects of that that can be unhealthy. But when one of these doctors is now looking at a patient that might come into them and they tell them that they should lose weight, although they probably should lose weight, um, there's also a side of it that's like they might not understand how to even communicate to somebody like that, Mm. right? Because there are different body types now. There are individuals who are thicker, right? Like literally like – that's the pop. That's what's popular now in terms of like <laughs> what 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 we see on social media. But there are individuals who they have a bit more junk. <laughs> they they they're, they're a little bit thicker. They're right. unhealthy, but they're a little bit thicker. But the automatic thing is you need to lose weight. So a lot of these people start getting frustrated because they're like, I've tried that, it's failed. We know that most diets do fail when you're looking at that statistic side of things, and it's just it's more complicated than we in fitness think it is for individuals in these situations. The idea of it being fat phobic, I don't know if it's fat phobic, but actually I'm curious of what you think. When they're talking about infrastructure being changed for heavier individuals, what do you think about that? It's everything to me always comes down to parenting. Everything always comes down because like no matter who you are on the planet, everyone has had a parent or two parents. Um, you were born from something and I realize there's kids that are adopted and stuff like that. But like you end up with somebody that is taking care of you. Mm -hmm. You end up with somebody. So I think a lot of these things need to be uh, handled in the household. The hard thing is like, what if they are not handled in the household? What if you're sexually abused or what if you're physically abused? That's parents are overweight. Your parents are overweight and they don't really have a strategy. 
Um, I went to uh, Quinn's volleyball game a couple days ago, and I saw uh, a family. Um, they weren't associated with anything we were doing, but I saw a family, and I saw a dad who was playing volleyball with his son, and they were like off on another court where there wasn't an actual game going on. They were, you know, uh, bounced the ball back and forth, but it was him and like two other two of his sons, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone was heavy. And it's like it's cool that they got activity going. That's that's really awesome, but the dad was pretty heavy. And I'm like, why? Like, was it like breaks my heart, you know? And maybe they don't even recognize what they're doing. But why would you pass that on to your child? Like, I have these bad habits wrapped up in my life. These are things that I went through through middle school and these different things I went through when I was a kid, being made fun of, being fat. And I'm just saying, like, that could be the story of this guy. I have no idea. Maybe he got heavier later on, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm just like, but it's it's habitual, right? And then it's also like a love thing. Uh, it's also, from a guy's perspective, it's kind of cool to be kind of big. Oh, my boy, like, look at how big he's getting, you know? And, yeah. and when the kid is a baby, oh, the baby's so fat, the baby's so chubby, mm-hmm. look at the baby, oh, he's so healthy. You know, the baby's like, you know, off the charts with its weight, right? And when you, you hear about a baby that's heavy, you're like, oh, that's a big baby. Dude, like, <laughs> you're all excited. My, yeah. my dad gets so happy when he sees my son eating because he just keeps going. He just keeps eating and eating and like he gets so angry when we don't feed him. But what you're saying, Mark, you know, and I, I want you to tell everybody about like some of the messages we've been going back and forth with, but I I never even considered that that side of it. Like until I seen it happen right in front of me where – it's like here's like a healthy kid, but because of the uh, um, the household that he's in and the habits that are, have been given to him, now this kid is unhealthy. And I'm seeing this happen in real time. And I'm just like, in my head, especially when I was younger, I was just like, oh, like you know, like traditional YouTubers, influencers, like, oh, just eat less. It's like, okay, what if you never had a choice? And it's like, well, no, of course you have a choice. Like, no, 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 no. What if all of the food choices that are given to you all day, every day are unhealthy ones? And again, what if you're encouraged to eat more? Like you're celebrated if you eat more, especially like in a Mexican household. Like you have Mm -hmm. to eat your fucking plate or else you don't get to go do anything else. So again, like I I don't think about some of these things. uh, I mean, I do now, but like there was a point where I was just like, oh, just eat less. Like it's pretty simple. It's like, but it's it's not. What if you end up being the... You know, like we end up being something within our groups, right? Mm-hmm. What if you're the big guy, Ethan Supley? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're the big guy. Uh, fat people are always funny, right? <laughs> the fat guy is funny. The fat guy has got that side of his uh, humor. Um, who knows exactly why? I'm not going to propose why because maybe they have their own reasons why. But for everybody listening, we're talking about like a stereotype, right? Very here. general. Okay, so yeah. we're not saying the fat guy's funny, but like... You, and we also yeah. realize there's a massive difference between somebody holding a little bit of body fat versus somebody being excessively fat versus somebody being obese, which now puts them in a category mm-hmm. of like, hey, like, I think this is actually really dangerous for your health. Um, they're all kind of different, but it's a slippery slope because... We all know people that graduated high school, you know, we, that we graduated high school with and like, damn, you hear about so-and-so, like they blew up real big. Like they're really, really big now. And you're mm-hmm. like, fuck man, what happened? That mm-hmm. person, like they looked great. They were the captain of the football team or something happened in their life. They had a stressful job 
They uh, played a pickup game of basketball. They broke their ankle or twisted their ankle. They've been off their feet for a long time. They never got back into the gym or got back into any healthy habits. And bam, they have 60 pounds. Now they're pre-diabetic and you're, you're kind of sliding down that hill. But back to my point about like being, you know, having this thing you identify with as a kid, like those things are so powerful, you mm. know. In SEMA, you know, in SEMA is getting acceptance for soccer. You know, Mark's getting acceptance for football. And like, as much as like, I hated all that, I didn't, I wasn't really a fan of that because I, as I've told you guys before, like I was in like special needs classes and the kids I was, that I had class with, they weren't the cool kids. So I kind of like hated the whole click thing and all that shit with like the jocks and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I never really ran with anybody. It just kind of like was almost a little bit more like a loner. And I had, you know, older brothers, so it didn't really make a difference. I had people to hang out with, but you know, what you attach yourself to. So if you attach yourself to being the kid that always hammers food, Mm-hmm. Well, now that's a tough, that's a tough cycle to get out of. Now, now you're with your buddies, you're 15 years old and you're like, bro, finish off my pizza. Like, watch this man. He's going to eat these extra sandwiches or whatever. And you're like, no, bro, I'm on a diet. Yeah. A 15 year old kid g- mm-hmm. going to be able to say something like that. Like that's, that's really hard to get out of. Especially when it then becomes a thing that you do when you feel bad about something. Mm. Emotional eating is a big thing for a lot of people even myself to a certain extent when I was giving myself the excuse to gain weight, if I was kind of eh, kind of sad about something, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go get some ice cream because it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't tell me you don't feel good when you're going down on a pint or two of Ben and Jerry's. That, felt, that shit feels good. But that, when you've been doing that from the time you were a kid and that is the way you deal with trauma or stress, you mentioned your mom and the things that she went through. It's like, when that is, and you don't have another thing that you can use to deal with stress, to deal with negative emotions. Like for me, we've talked about this. The way I deal with negative emotions is I go and sweat mm-hmm. like that. Cause I know by working out, I know that will be a, I work out, then I feel good. And that's turned into a cycle of, Oh shit, it's a stressful day. Let me just go sweat it out and think. For a lot of people, today's a stressful day. Let me go home and make a lot of food. Or let me just go home and just, you know, I just want some ice cream and Oreos right now. And that's a cycle. And it's not, then the message doesn't become, hey, you need to just eat less, have some caloric restriction and start moving more. Uh, individuals have to start restructuring the way they deal with stress. Mm. And that that is a deeper thing, which when you go to the doctor as a person who's overweight or obese, and they just tell you to start losing weight, and they maybe give you some health guidelines. We have to figure out something else because that's not an actual solution. A lot of these people know what they need to do, I think, right? Mm. They know exactly what they need to yeah. do. But getting and doing it is a much deeper issue than is what the, than the suggestions that are prescribed. You think like back to when you're a kid again. I like to give these examples just because – when you're a kid, you're sort of like almost like stuck in these identities. Like you don't know anything else and you're just trying to, you mimic a lot of things that you see and you find a comfort spot and you hang out there. Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe you start getting some individuality as you get a little older. But I'm guilty of this and it like makes me sick to even think about. But like I remember making fun of kids that smelled bad and stuff like that in school. I, meanwhile, I got the nickname Smelly, <laughs> right? Because my brothers made fun of me. <laughs> but I didn't think about it. I was a fucking kid. I wasn't like, oh man, like maybe, maybe their parents were fighting or maybe that kid doesn't have a mom or maybe that kid doesn't have a dad or maybe like 
maybe he doesn't have anyone that gives a fuck about him that said, hey, you know, son, you have to take a shower before you go to school or you got to take a shower every day. Or like we need this as like general hygiene in the house. I didn't think about any of that. I just wanted to make a funny joke, you know, or I just wanted to tell someone that they smelled like shit or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But now you fast forward to adulthood and someone that same, you know, some, well, not the same person, but somebody stinks. Like it could be their own choice. Like there's people that like won't wear deodorant. There's people that don't care. So one of the things that pops up when I start to think about somebody being heavy is if it doesn't have any negative health outcomes and they don't really, it's not really like quote unquote eating them. It's not bothering them. What's the real danger of it? Mm. Do, do I need to be the person that's like, bro, like you're, you know, it's like, it's almost like the person doesn't know. Like, do I need to point that out? Like, Hey, you're, Hey, you're black. You know, you're like, oh, <gasps> yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. what? <laughs> what? I thought it was the like, fuck is this? Shut, shut the show down. <laughs> what was that Chappelle skit? Uh, Clayton Brigsby. Oh yeah. What this damn? I'm not, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> Guys, go watch the Clayton Brigsby Chappelle skit. But oh, keep on, Mark. Chappelle's so good. He's so good. He just, was like, I think this sets black people back a few decades, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> oh, I wish that humor so was still good these days. Oh, impossible. Oh. No way. It doesn't exist. It's got to make a comeback. It has to. <laughs> but it's, you know, obviously people are aware that they're heavy. You pointed out that, that a lot of people probably have some strategy on how to go about doing it. I do think that there's probably a lot of confusion about how to do it. And there's oh, a lot of confusion yeah. in terms of like, because there's so much information out there. And we were just talking about this in the gym. Like if you try intermittent fasting and then you end up binging on the weekend and you're checking the scale and the scale, you know, every other week or so is trending upward. Mm. Well, then it has a bad health outcome and what you're doing is not effective. Um, If you you utilize intermittent fasting and it has the reverse effect and you wanted to lose weight and now you are losing weight, then uh, shit, that's great. I know that fasting is even like a hot button topic at the moment, right? Yeah, dude, it's it's so interesting. Like even, for example, on TikTok, they put it within their guidelines. If somebody is to put forward fasting as a method, it could cause a count bans because a lot of people have taken the idea of fasting and have turned it into an eating disorder thing. And I always make sure whenever I talk about fasting, because I fast almost every day, like I have periods of time of the day that I don't eat. And then later in the day, I'll eat maybe one or two meals. But we always make sure to say, hey, if you're someone who has a problem with binging, if you're someone who has a problem with um, restriction, and when I, when I look at the idea of restriction, I don't look at it as something negative. There does need to be some restriction. But in that video with the therapist, she was getting mad at Dr. Mike because Dr. Mike does utilize fasting and she like paused the video and she's like fasting has been researched to cause eating disorders i'm surprised that you as a doctor even do fasting or promote fasting it has such a negative um perception such a like such a like literally a a negative and unhealthy perception to the general public that they look at people that talk about fasting as having an eating disorder Mm. and it's it's very interesting because We cannot deny that nowadays, 1984, for example, in Mexico, um, 34% of the population was overweight. When we started exporting foods over there, 20 years later, I think actually in 2012 or 2014, 75% of people in Mexico are overweight. We can't deny that there is a problem of overconsumption 
or or one can also phrase that as lack of restriction. Restriction isn't bad. When restriction turns into disordered eating, we have a problem. But we shouldn't have a problem with the idea of restriction. And 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 the interesting thing is, like when I was watching this 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 lady, the therapist, um, talk about uh, when when she was talking about life satisfaction, she kept phrasing it as. Because Dr. Mike was mentioning how as individuals become more overweight and even obese, they have worse health outcomes. And then she kept pausing and showing there have been studies to show that individuals who are overweight or even obese have the same, if not even better, life satisfaction. And it had me thinking, it's like, okay, you can feel good with whatever body you're in. And I think there is a level of you need to be – you need to – be accepting of who you are. You can't continue to tear yourself down whether you're fat or obese. You you can't negatively continue yeah. to look at yourself. What good is what is it? What good does it do you to sit there and look at your face and say I have a big nose? Yeah, and, and, and I'm embarrassed by it. And like, you know, you're just going to pick yourself apart all day every day. You need to be accepting of what you got yes. and, and recognize that you have many positive things and maybe there's a couple of things about yourself that you don't really love. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, you got to love the whole thing. Yeah, and you keep. No matter what size you are, you can still be satisfied and enjoy life, but we can't deny that, you know, when you get to those levels of weight, when you become obese, there are certain aspects of life that will just become more difficult for you. And you have to, at some point, deal, not just going to a doctor, but maybe there's traumas you have to deal with, but you have to deal with that if you want to be able to have a life where you're not in chronic levels of pain all the time when you get like i think an interesting thing that you were mentioning or was it owen mentioned this to us or actually i think you mentioned this as far as fat acceptance is concerned we see that messaging happening from people that are younger but you had a conversation with russell Mm -hmm. he had a very interesting take on that yeah russell's been over 500 pounds and he's somebody uh, that I've been helping for quite a while. And my brother, too, is uh, we have actually um, a group of a bunch of guys here that are very, very heavy that are working on losing weight. And shout out to Russell, too, because I think he's lost close to 50 pounds now. Yeah. Now, it's take it's taken some time, you know, like, uh, but I told him, like, we're not in a real rush. You know, it, it is, um, you know, there are medical concerns around uh, his weight, obviously, so, like, yes, we do need to work on it now, but we are working on it. But it, to me, it's okay if the weight loss comes fairly slow. And when I say slow, yeah. I would say, like, it's been probably over – well, it's still not even slow because it's 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. But it's been, like, about a year. I think most people thinking of somebody that size that, that it would be, uh, you know, faster because you hear of, like, people losing 50 pounds in five months and stuff. But yeah. our strategy has nothing to do with speed. We're just trying to – have progress and that's what we've had the entire time but russell had a really awesome statement he said you want to know why you're not really seeing older folks talking about fat acceptance and i was like why is that he goes because they're all dead he's like when you're my size you don't last very long he's like there's he's like uh mid to late 40s and so i thought that was a really really good point and that's the thing when we start to talk about um having an abundance of body weight how is that negatively impacting your health? How does that negatively impact your mental health? You know, imagine for you guys, if I said, hey guys, like, let's say you guys are bummed out. And I said, man, I really felt like walking is really awesome, you know? Uh, and, uh, and and even some running, right? And let's say that both you guys come back to me and they're like, dude, like, 
my back hurts so bad and, and my legs hurt and stuff. Like I, I did go for a walk and my feet hurt really bad. And, you know, it takes me like 30 minutes to get my socks and shoes on. And I, I don't know, like, is that really where I should start? Is there something else I should be doing? So when you start to bring all this difficulty into stuff, it's more understandable of how people continue to get heavier and heavier, right? Like somebody goes from 300 now to 400, now to 500. I think the thought is like, hey, at 300 pounds, you must have been enjoying some food already. How is it that you went from 300 to 500? But there's a mental block as well as a physical block that makes it very hard to get up off the couch. And I think that that's where the, that's where the, that's where the, uh, that's where it gets foggy is because we don't know what that feels like. I personally have never dealt with that. I don't think any of you guys, I know Andrew, have had like back pain and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have such a large hurdle in particular instances. Yeah. And that's because my perspective is pretty clean on stuff. Like even if something was a large hurdle, um, I would just say I'm not like trained or conditioned to do that at the moment. So I need, I need to, I would have to, if you guys told me to do something like wild, like physically, I would kind of look at it and be like, that's kind of scary for now, but I, but I need some time to work on it. But imagine if I didn't have any physical capacity. Imagine if I didn't have that confidence. Imagine if I didn't grow up with good parents, if, I, if those things weren't instilled in me. Mm. I mentioned this before on the podcast. Just imagine, imagine making a cocktail. You know, they make, uh, for Captain America, they make like a superhuman cocktail and he gets all jacked and kills everybody, right? Pretty much <laughs> saves the world, whatever he does, right? Saves the world. Saves the world. Uh, we don't say kills everybody. He, instead, he saves the world, right? <laughs> kills the bad guys. Yeah, he kills the bad guys. Um, but imagine imagine making a cocktail that was the reverse of that. Imagine making a cocktail that like killed your confidence. Imagine if he gave you a cocktail that um, puts you in tons of pain. Mm. Just, you know, I don't know if you ever heard Jordan Peterson describing the type of pain that he had coming off of uh, some types of drugs, but how like literally he felt like he was like, burning from the inside out. Or if you ever heard anybody who has been on fire before from an accident or from war, the description of what it actually feels like to have your body on. So imagine if you were injected with that. It's like I, you take that medicine injected into Tom Brady and he's, he, is he coming back and playing for the Buccaneers? You know, These are the most motivated, most savage people. Inject Michael Jordan with that in his prime is he really that pumped to get up off the couch? I think that that's what people are. I think maybe that's an exaggeration, but maybe that is what people are dealing with. Maybe that is what they're feeling. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I think it's important when this lady was talking about fat phobia and she was like describing the assumptions that individuals have when they look at somebody who's obese or look at somebody when they're, they're overweight a lot of people, um, and I may have had these thoughts. Too. I definitely had these thoughts too in the past where you look at somebody who's overweight, you're like, how did they get there? I mean, you, gosh, they must be just eating and I eating I think it's a reasonable thing. I think when you see someone that's homeless and you see somebody that is cursing on the sidewalk and yelling and screaming and mm-hmm. stuff, I think that's a fair assessment to say, fuck, man, 
How did they get there? It's to say, how did they get there? But then to be assuming that they're a lazy human being, Mm -hmm. then to be assuming that they have no work ethic, then to be assuming that they don't care about themselves. When a lot of people look at individuals who are obese or overweight, that's what they see. They Mm -hmm. see a person that, oh, they must have low self-worth, et cetera, et cetera. Not understanding that there are multiple ways in which that person could have gotten there. And they could be someone who may be super, we've had people on this podcast, Anthony Lawley, Mm -hmm. super successful in business. We have had multiple people that are super successful in business, made lots of money, hard workers, but for some reason they didn't have their weight and their health in check. And the thing I need you to, the thing I need people to think about real quick when we're talking about this is then to just compare it to other stereotypes that people have about certain individuals. When certain people look at a black person, they're, they're going to be automatically mm-hmm. think certain things because of the assumptions that they've been taught growing up about those people, like, ooh, I should be a little bit careful around this person or like, ah, you know, there are certain stereotypical assumptions people have about different types of people, just like they have about fat people. And even though it's a fair assessment to, it's a fair assessment to maybe make certain assumptions, you got to be careful because again, your mom, right? You, You mentioned some of the things that she's gone through. People don't understand that when they look at her, they just see a, they just see a woman who was very overweight and those assumptions about her probably weren't true because they don't know the shit that she's been through that got her there. Right. So there needs to be a level of compassion when it comes to the way you think and the way you communicate and the way you try to, if an individual wants your help, the way you try to help them. Pat Roger family, how's it going? We talk about sleep all the time on this podcast. That's why we were partnered with Eight Sleep Mattresses. Now, this mattress is the Tesla of sleep. It's the Tesla of beds. Its technology tracks your heart rate, your heart rate variability. It changes its own temperature based off the way you sleep so that you get better sleep every single night. It is quite literally insane. Check them out. Andrew, how do they get it? Yes, and before I do that, I wanted to let you guys know that you can actually set the bed to wake you up silently. I know that sounds weird, but actually the bed starts vibrating around your head and it doesn't wake up the entire house hold the way my phone used to do back in the day. So now I just kind of have the bed wake me up silently and it's amazing. You guys got to head over to 8sleep.com slash power project. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash power project. When you guys go there, you'll see a banner across the top saying that you're going to receive $150 off automatically. So again, that's 8sleep.com slash power project to receive $150 off your pod pro cover or your pod pro cover and mattress combo. Links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that is my mom died prematurely, you know? So it's like, while that, uh, her circumstances sucked, she grew up with parents that weren't great. She was sexually abused. She was abused in a lot of different ways, was even told that she was fat. Like the last thing she wanted to be was fat. You know, I was like, said her dad called her that. Yeah. yeah, Her dad would call her that. And you know, she just, she just grew up with it tough. Right. But what happens is as you get older, you're now an adult. You're on the same playing ground and playing field as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And in our society, you are looked upon to clean that shit up in, in, some, in some sense, right? Like, hey, man, uh, yes, heard what you said. That's tragic. Clean that shit up. <laughs> you know, As harsh as that might seem, um, you still have to make a decision on if you would like to organize that better. Because as I mentioned, my mom is no longer here. And the last several years of her life sucked. She was in a lot of pain. So while we can we can uh, kind of cradle that as much as we want and we can say, you know, hey, man, like that is really unfortunate. We also can't still blow by the fact that you have a serious medical, medical condition that needs to be observed and needs to be worked on in some way. 
And we did have interventions with my mom. We did talk to her about it. And it's, I don't think it wasn't like she didn't care. Um, I think she was fearful in a way of somebody that just got off of like a knee surgery would be uh, she to, did? to jump over something. No, no. She, she, but she had a lot of pain. Oh, okay. my, my point just being like if you could think about someone just got a knee surgery and said, hey, man, hop up on this table. They'd mm-hmm. be like, mm, like, could they do it? You know what I mean? Could they? Mm-hmm. Like, may, they might be able to, but would they even really entertain it? They would just be like, "That's going to be too hard. That's going to hurt." Like, what? What's the cost of that? And I think that's what my mom always felt like. What's the cost of that? Like, yes, I would like to do that. I would like to make progress. But what happens is, as you get older, things hurt more and more. It's hard for your body to recover. In the case of Russell, his story, when we were talking to a couple of the guys in the gym yesterday. Uh, one guy weighed like around 440 pounds and they were all having this conversation. And Russell said, Hey, you know, things are different for you because you're only 29. He goes, I, he goes, I was, I was doing the same as you. I, like, cause Russell said, and Russell still moves around well for, for how big he is and for how old he is and stuff. And uh, that's continuing to get better and better, which is amazing to see. Uh, but this young man, he, he flies around the gym. He's benching, he's like deadlifting, he's doing all kinds of stuff. Um, the movements look good. He, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily look, uh, like real sloppy. He actually does have like a lot of muscle mass on him and stuff. Mm -hmm. But Russell was like, I was a lot like you. He's like, I could go to the gym. I could go on the treadmill. I could go on the the stairmaster and, uh, the, the elliptical and all this stuff. And I can do a lot of things. Uh, but then I started running into joint pain, started running into injuries in my knees and stuff. And then that sidelined them. And then the weight just became more and more and more and more. Again, ultimately, it doesn't matter how you got there. You did get there. And now you're in this position. And now you have to try to figure out if you are unhealthy, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know, as I was, um, that's the thing. If you are unhealthy, what are you going to do about it? You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but again, referencing the video with the therapist, she, because as I was listening to her speak, I, I, I was like, what causes this viewpoint? She is an individual who doesn't care about losing weight. Actually, if a doctor says you should probably lose a little bit of weight or maybe you should do that, she's not interested in it. She doesn't want to do it at all. One aspect of what you mentioned is I wonder, is it because of youth? Because she looks fairly young. Uh, as Russell was like, as as you get older, people who are in shape and people who are out of shape all talk about as you get older, things start to hurt a little bit. That's probably increased if you are more overweight or obese, like things will hurt more. So the fat acceptance movement, as we've been noticing, is something that's happening with younger individuals, younger individuals who still still have a level of vitality for their bodies walking around. They don't feel too, too degraded. Um, but I wonder if those individuals will start to care when they have more chronic pain, because like I was, I was thinking like, you, we could even have her on the podcast, but I was realizing we can't have her on the podcast because it wouldn't even be a, it wouldn't be a fruitful conversation because that individual looks at weight loss as an actual, just negative thing. It's something that isn't interesting. It's something that isn't necessary because you should accept yourself. If you are, if, if you're overweight or obese, mm-hmm. just accept yourself. But for the individual, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Finish, your, finish your thought. Sorry. Okay. But for the individuals who do care about changing their body, about losing some body fat, not just losing weight because the whole weight thing is, is, is whatever. It's like those are the people that we can then 
have a conversation with. Those are the people that are going to receive the message. Because I think fat acceptance is good in a way, but it's somewhat of an overcorrection. It's like there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, your body, the way you are, it's perfect. I get it. You should be a, you should love yourself. But there shouldn't be such disdain, especially if your body, right, is going to lead to a lot of or or currently you have a lot of negative health outcomes because of the amount of fat and the amount of weight that you're holding. There should be no issue in terms of dropping some body fat, dropping some weight, becoming healthier. So that's what I was going to ask. So I don't know if she had an argument for or against or what her thoughts were, but like if you are experiencing some, some health difficulties, is there an argument against just getting healthier? Like I'm, I'm a little like, I'm just confused and it's, I'm not fat phobic because I, I, I don't, mind or care or even acknowledge exactly what you look like if you are unhealthy and you want to get healthier a side effect of that might be you lose a little bit of weight or you gain a little bit of muscle but does that does that make me fat phobic if i'm like okay if you want to get a little bit healthier like what is it you lose like 10 percent body fat or something Mm -hmm. like that or body weight and you're like tremendously healthier Cardiovascular health, your was it your helps improve like ninety percent right. of uh, all cause mortality. The old ninety ten rule, but <laughs> <laughs> so like, did, did she have something against getting healthier? Like, I I'm a little, I'm just, I'm kind of baffled. That's the interesting thing. She probably she's a therapist. She kept clarifying that she's a therapist, not she's not a medical professional, um, and she kept saying that like she she kept saying you know when Doctor Mike would use that statistic like. All like losing this certain amount of weight would be good is actually more beneficial for all cause mortality and negative health outcomes. She kept saying that's not necessarily true, but then she didn't give outside solutions. One big thing that I think is like where her job is making a big difference is she's a therapist. And as we've understood from this conversation from people that we've talked to who are overweight, who are obese, this doesn't just stem from an, a thing of pure overconsumption. There are potential traumas. There are potential ways that you deal with things that have to be worked through before you can successfully be able to do this for the long run. Because everybody's able to lose some pounds. Even Russell. Russell lost weight, then he gained it back. He lost weight, then he gained it back. But he's probably worked through some things that's now allowing him to be able to lose weight and keep it off, not just because of food, but also because of the way he handles himself going Mm -hmm. through life. So therapy for a lot of people is extremely necessary because this isn't just – and that's where her job lies. Mm -hmm. But I am interested to wonder like if people come to her and they do need to lose weight, I guess a side effect of what she does for people in terms of helping them work through their traumas – is them having healthier habits and is them losing weight? Like losing weight is a byproduct mm-hmm. of having a healthier mind. Yeah. The healthy thing is hard. It's a, it's a hard thing to like put a real definition on. Um, if somebody is very, very heavy, let's just say that, you know, in accordance to their height, they should maybe be like 200 pounds less. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't have any symptoms, you know, we, we've been we've been through this already. You know, we went we went through this story uh, over the last two years. No symptoms, and you test a lot, and then you find you find problems. So, if you start to test people that are that are heavy, 
uh, they may find problems, but I don't know if they'll really care. Somebody that is interested that does get the blood work done to investigate and to look into it further, um, that person probably is more likely to like do something about it. Mm -hmm. But I think usually there's a lot of concern from family members and from a lot of other people where they would like to see individuals make better choices, but that individual just, they don't care. They don't currently have any, uh, they're not noticing anything negative, but also maybe they're in complete denial because maybe they can't keep up with their kids. Uh, maybe going up and down the stairs is hard. So there's a lot of factors that, that kind of morph into there, but I think that we lie to ourselves. You know, it, are you addicted to video games? Nah, man, I'm good. Are you addicted to porn? No, nah, man, I'm good. You know, why, why do we uh, continue, even people in fitness, why do we continue to eat things that we know is not good for us? Uh, we're supposed to be the ultimate examples of health and fitness, and here we are. We still have issues with eating ice cream and eating, you know, various things. We're trying to be more, re in our minds, we're trying to be more reasonable about it, but who am I to infer what's reasonable to somebody else? Um, I think the word reasonable is like one of my favorite words because, I think that people can interpret that word whatever way they would like. Subjective. They they can be subjective with it and they can say, okay, like I got a spare tire or, I, you know, I'm heavier than I'd like to be and this doesn't feel great, but um, I'm really happy with who I am. I feel like I'm a good person. I feel like I make a lot of the right decisions. I don't want to sacrifice a bunch of my food. And if I'm being reasonable, yeah, I'm probably 40 or 50 pounds overweight. Those assumptions sound pretty good, and but that kind of person with that kind of healthy mindset is going to want to have a healthier body. They are at some point going to make a decision. And so I think I used to kind of think like you could fix the mind with the mind, like, oh, it's just the way you think about your thoughts. I now kind of have changed that up a little bit. It's like you need a sound mind in order to even think about controlling the thoughts that you have. But in addition to that, you need a sound body because you're getting ugly signals from your body. You're getting signals that aren't correct from your body that are telling you that you're in pain, that you can't do stuff. It's going to be really difficult. So how do we get, I'll just say this flat out, people that are obese, they're broken in some way, whether it be through their mind or through their body. Anyone can argue on me with that in any way they would like. I'm not trying to be mean or hurtful. They are broken. They're, they have parts of them that are not uh, functioning the correct way to be reasonable towards making better health choices. And I'm talking about people that are way overweight. I'm talking like morbidly obese. How do you, how do you unbreak something that's broken? Once something's broken, it usually never looks the same again. You can try to glue it back together. You can try to tape it together. And it's very, very difficult. So... The people that are really heavy that say they don't care, I think they actually have a lot of intuition and they're saying they don't care because they recognize how fucking difficult it would be because they would have to make so many changes that it probably feels extremely overwhelming to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, but the thing is, it all comes down to, you know, does the individual, do they want to do that? Because we're not over here. If you're listening to this and you have no want 
you, let's say you are technically overweight or technically obese. Let's just like crap on the BMI because the BMI is somewhat fucked because the BMI even says I'm obese. Um, but let's just say that like objectively you're quite overweight. It's giving you negative health outcomes. Let's say you're obese um, and you don't want to make any changes. Then we're not talking to you. You can do what you want. You can live how you want. We're not speaking to you. But for the individuals who are obese, the individuals who are overweight, those are the people that we're looking to help. We're not going over to some random person and say, hey, you are obese. This is what you need to do. No. But if an individual comes to us and they're saying, I have this pain, I have this pain, I have this problem, then the things that we're going to talk about are going to be the things that can help move that person in the right direction. And it's not just that you need to eat less and move more. It's also just the way you, you, you deal with stress. It's the way you deal with things that happen to you on a daily basis because we all know that if you don't get enough sleep and you have a rough day and you're getting back home and you've been sitting all day in your work chair, work, uh, your chair at work, the last thing you want to do is go to fucking gym. Mm. The last thing you want to do is eat a healthy meal. The first thing you want to do is maybe go to in and out and get yourself a nice double double fries mm. and a large strawberry vanilla milkshake, maybe some animal fries because that shit will make you feel good, but it won't help you in the long run towards the goals that you have. So chocolate vanilla though. Uh-uh. No, strawberry vanilla. Strawberry. It's been a minute. Strawberry vanilla. Neapolitan's okay. Strawberry yeah. vanilla shake? Yeah, mm. from in and out. Mm. That, used, that was my thing. I still like it every now and then. A Wendy's frosty and dipping the fries in. You see, I tried that a few years ago. So I never dipped fries mm-hmm. in ice cream. It works. It is good. Yeah, it works delicious. pretty damn good. Y'all been onto something for mm-hmm. a minute. <laughs> oh, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah. What, uh, what, what blew me away, Mark, when you were talking about you know, it, when you're overweight, it's like, think, imagine, you know, when you really, really injured yourself or when you had like the flu or something, you were just feeling like total crap. How motivated are you to get up and go for a walk? It's like, dude, I just want to get through the day. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it. Like, I just want to sleep this one out and hopefully I feel better tomorrow. And you were just like, that's what it feels like. You know, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I, Again, I just never considered these things. And I just was, like I said, blown away. I was like, holy shit, dude, you need to tell people this. Yeah, I say it all the time. You know, motion is the lotion, right? And motion is like a, it's like an RX for just about anything. It's a prescription for so many things. Um, you're sad, go for a walk. You're mad, go for a walk. Uh, you can't figure things out. Um, you know, see if you can, uh, you know, see if you can go for a run or see if you could do a workout or like, a lot of these, a lot of times, some sort of movement of some kind, even just getting in your car, which is not a whole lot of movement, but just like walking to your car, and and then driving will help you sort out some stuff because now you're you are kind of in motion. You're doing something. I think your brain recognizes that you're in motion because you're driving a vehicle. Mm. So, but there's a lot of people that don't experience that. There's so many people like i don't I don't even have any idea I don't have any numbers or stats to like back this up, but there's hundreds of thousands of people that don't ever get their heart rate above like a hundred or hundred and ten, and they do that day in and day out for months on end, years on end, weeks on end, yeah, months right years a lifetime decades mm-hmm. when when's the last time when's the last time you know uh when's the last time somebody got themselves you know really really out of breath? Uh, for multiple like moments, you know, like for like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were sweating profusely. Now, somebody could do that from just going up the stairs if they're not conditioned well. 
Um, but how, how many times have you sought that out to do? How many times did you go up those stairs and then look back down and go, I'm going to walk those again. Fuck that. Like that doesn't make any sense that I'm out of breath. I'm going to rest here for a second because it's probably not safe for me to do it again right away. And I'm going to give it another shot. What you experience when you get your heart rate to those levels, the human body is designed for this. We know this. And this is part of our history. This is part of our evolution. We, we know this. for This is a fact. We know that we're built for fight and for flight. Like we know, we know it. We're, we're built to like hunt. We're built to like make weapons. We're built to kill shit. We're built to look, even a, even a fucking lion, you know, can't dismantle an animal the way that we can. Like we're, we're, we're fucking savages. Like what we, what a human being is capable of doing is, uh, I mean, it's like, it, it appears to be unlimited in a lot of ways. Right. I guess you can't like float or fly yet, but, but we figured it out with a fucking airplane, right? Like we can, or a jet pack, we can figure out human beings are amazing. We can figure out everything, anything, but we are clearly designed to rev this engine. We're clearly designed to get these RPMs up and people just aren't doing it. And so people that aren't doing, they're not participating in that. It makes sense that the brain starts to rust. It makes sense that the body starts to rust. And that's why earlier I was talking about people being broken. I think they are broken because they just ha- they haven't been through those experiences. And people that are on the other side that haven't revved their heart up, haven't done any of those things in a long time, they can't understand our side of it the same way that we can understand their side of it cleanly because we haven't experienced it. I do not know what it's like to grow up the way that you guys grew up. I just, I don't, you can tell me about it, but what's that experience like? You know, am I, am I going to be able to write about it? Like, am I going to be able to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like I have to, I have had to walk through it. Now I've been heavy before I was 330 pounds, but I was a power lifter and that was for a brief period of time. So I don't know what it's like to grow up being the fat kid. I don't know what it's like to walk into a grocery store and have somebody laugh at you. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, or, or little kid point at you because little kids, they don't, you know, they'll be like, he's fat. You know, they'll just, They're brutal. I've, I've seen that before. Yeah. And that's, but I've never had that. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to like cry myself to sleep over some other kid making fun of me because I'm fat or something. So I don't, I don't want to pretend that I know what it's like to be on that side. But these are things that I've gathered over the years from having obese people in my family and then also helping thousands upon thousands of people lose 50 pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds. I mean, there's been, I've helped so many people uh, lose weight. And I think what resonates with people is the words I use. I use the word fat. I say, don't be fat. And I'm not saying don't be fat as in like, I think that you have a, you know, it's not, it's not to make fun of anybody. It's fat is an accumulation, right? Fat is, uh, it's, it's an abundance. Like they, the Bible says to like live off the fat of the land. Mm. The, the fat of the land is, is like abundance. Like, you know, use what's, use what's there for you to fucking eat basically. And when I say don't be fat, I just mean don't overdo shit. And also don't underdo stuff. The side where you need mm. to like move, you, you do need to move. The side where you need to figure out your nutrition, like you do have to figure that out. Yeah. And in regards to what you're saying about like the last time that they got their heart rate up on multiple occasions, um, it happened most likely back like in PE and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
so we're going back to school and kids are dickheads. So these are big people. Bad experience. The last time they had to do this, they were belittled. They were made fun of. They were ridiculed. So the first chance that they got to move away from that, they're just like, fuck that. I'm not going to deal with that shit ever again. Go to a gym where these guys thrive? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. So now here we are like, oh, you just need to move a little bit more. And then we're like, dude, like we're not being fat phobic, but that's how it's being received, right? Because you're just like, you want me to go do the things that I got made fun of? Like, no, I'm not going right. to. And it's particularly nefarious if you've been a child that's been big your whole life because you don't know what anything else feels like. You don't know what it's like to just walk uh, a good distance and not go out of breath. You don't know what it's like to, I mean, one aspect is like when you hear certain people talk who are obese, they have to have certain, their, their breathing is labored. Like you, you feel labored when you talk a lot. Right. You don't know maybe what it's like to feel another way. Your knees feel a certain way. You think a certain amount of pain is normal. So since that pain is normal, you don't even it's not pain. It's just how things are. So if you don't know what a better feeling is like then what you are and the way you feel, it's okay. It's normal. You know, it's tough when somebody's really big. They have to think about everything. They have to think about, you know, if they're going to let's just say they want to go to a seminar. They might not be able to go to a seminar because they don't know what the chairs are like. And then maybe they don't want to ask, you know, like I'm sure, especially in like today's climate, like people would be accommodating to say, Hey man, I'm, I'm very, very heavy. Uh, you know, I'm willing to pay for this seminar. I want to come to it. You know, do you think you can accommodate or could I bring my own chair? Somebody will. Right. But like, we think those things are funny. You know, we see those things and those things are different. And so, we're human and we don't know how to fucking deal with it. A guy walks by and uh, a guy in a wheelchair goes by and he's got, you know, he's missing both legs. I mean, look, you're going to, you look at them like it's we're, when you recognize that somebody has something different, whether it's someone that's seven feet tall or someone that is four feet tall, you, you do, you do a little double take. You, you recognize these things. And so I think it's really hard when you're a heavier person just to, you know, Yes, we understand all these hurdles, but here's here's the thing that I think is the most important factor. You can't just plant your flag in the ground and say, this is me and I'm just going to revolve around this fucking flag that I planted here. And I'm just going to live under these conditions all the time because some kid made fun of me because my boobs jiggled when I ran when I was in fifth grade. You're, you're just going to stay this. You're just you're going to die at 40. Because some kid made fun. That's not reasonable. That doesn't make any fucking sense. We've all been made fun of. We've all been ripped apart. Again, I don't know what it's like to be that heavy. And I don't know what it's like to be the brunt of a lot of jokes that way. And I'm not pretending to. But it still doesn't make any sense to go on living your life the same exact way. Making your conditions You're making your conditions worse because of what some motherfucker said to you or somebody ripped you apart. It just does. It's not reasonable. Like you're, it's your life. You're going to die young. You're not going to be able to watch your kids graduate high school or get married because of that. Like that's not, that's not good enough, man. I, I think you need to figure out a way to take a step. And I think the fucking awesome part about the internet, while people might bash and might say, 
hey man, that's cool you're doing those exercises, but you're still fat or whatever the bullshit is that people are throwing at you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are willing to help. I know Cole Robinson, he throws around the word fat a lot. He says a lot of crazy stuff. That motherfucking guy helps people for free. People DM him. He just he has small requirement of you. He wants you to just track what you did so he can get a little a little publicity out of assisting you. That's all he asks. But I think that's pretty cool. I help a lot of people in my DMs. My gym here is free. Super Training Gym, 855 Riverside Parkway, West Sacramento, California. We're open every weekend from 10 to 1 if you want to come check it out. Come train. Come train. You know, we, we are, we're assisting a bunch of people that are – um, that are bigger and they're moving around and they're starting to get, they're starting to make some progress. And, you know, so, I mean, it's not an easy thing to figure out, but I do think the only ways to figure these things out is kind of like, unfortunately it's like a one person at a time type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I don't know if we're going to wrap things up, but I definitely have to get this quote out there from uh, our boy, uh, Matt Boudreau. Um, Boudreau. Boudreau. Sorry. I, I can't read, pronounce, names sorry he said uh quote i would die for my child he says i believe you but would you live for them would you get yourself healthy would you eliminate distractions would you leave lead them more intentionally you'd have you'd only have to die once you have to live every day do that i thought that was fucking huge because yeah parents will be like i'll do anything i'll die for my kid would you put down the doritos right (laughs) you know yeah no, I mean, you'll see it more and more as your kid grows older and maybe you experienced it with the other child, but um, you'll notice that parents just go on being parents and they don't care that their kids are there. And it's like, maybe you should fucking, maybe you should cool it and recognize that your kid is here. Like just little stuff, like going to a restaurant and the kid's screaming and making, it's like, you, you have you have a two-year-old kid that they don't, they don't know how to, or three, or you have a three-year-old and a five-year-old sitting next to each other in a, in a restaurant. You know, you can't just, there's no imaginary wall right there. No, you can't just, you got to take the, you got to, you got to pay attention to them. But again, these are things I think need to be handled kind of one person at a time. And these are things you can't let the school system try to teach this stuff. Like that's not the responsibility of school. They, they do talk about nutrition a little bit. They do talk about health, but you got to talk about it in your house a lot. And when you make a change in your nutrition and you start walking and start doing things, communicate to your kids about it. Say, you know what? I, when I was your age, I used to move around a lot. None of this was a problem for me because I didn't, I didn't really overeat, but I started getting really attracted to some of these amazing foods that we are not going to have in the house as much anymore. And I started to eat too much of them. I got inactive. I mean, if you just look at your family, when you, when you go to a family gathering, the people that are heavier oftentimes are the people that are a little older. Usually the younger folks are, mm. even today, even in today's climate where kids are heavier, you'll notice that a lot of the older folks have gained weight. And some, sometimes uh, that is just simply due to a lack of activity. When they were young, they moved around a lot. They played some sports. They were in some activities. They got older. They don't do that anymore. I just want to finish with this kind of last point unless you guys have other things to add, but mm-hmm. this, this stuff gets done, like the attack, like being able to quote unquote fix obesity or assist with obesity through the folks that do want to get better. It happens through your food. 
This is not an, this is not, this has very little to do with exercise. Mm -hmm. Exercise is a component because in SEMA pointed out, it does matter how we deal with our stresses. And so maybe that's a new, maybe that's a new thing for you. You go and hit a heavy bag for a half an hour instead of eating, or you go for a walk instead of eating. So exercise can be part of this, but the biggest part of it, the biggest battle that we're talking about is we're just talking about figuring out a way to get through each and every day without overeating. That's, that's the root of this. And if we can help people figure that part out, that's what this whole podcast is for. If you're listening to this, you know, recommend it to, to other people. That, that's the, the basis of, that's why we talk about protein so much. And not just because we're bros, but protein, the pro- protein, protein. <laughs> I don't, do I sound like that? You sound protein. <laughs> oh, bro. I love protein. I eat protein every day. Give them, tell them where they can get protein, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> At markbellslingshot.com. Make sure you guys click on the top banner. You'll see uh, within you supplements and then uh, get the, uh, this is the way, well, now we have three different flavors. This is the way chocolate, vanilla, and salted caramel mm. uh, representation of the whole podcast here. <laughs> and at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT to save 10% off, I believe. Sorry, that's something. Um, yeah, it's definitely 10%, give or take. Also, tell them about uh, Pied Mon. Piedmontese will be the main sponsor of today's podcast, but if you guys missed it at the beginning of this episode, the highest quality protein you can possibly get, well, give or take, there's some arguments there, but uh, Piedmontese.com, it's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com, and at checkout, enter promo code POWER for 25% off your entire order, and if your order oh. is $150 more, you get free two-day shipping, but um, this stuff is incredible. It, it when you guys, if you guys pay attention to macros, um, you might look at it and be like, "There's no way that's going to be, you know, good tasting meat." But if you don't give a, if you don't care about macros at all, uh, just look at it and you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. And it's not going to be marbled like you're going to see some fatty cuts, but trust me, it's more tender and it tastes more deliciousness and um, yeah, somehow lower lower in fat than your traditional mm-hmm. steaks. So I, I don't know how they do it, but oh, actually, I do know how they do it. They do it with uh, what are they called? The Belmont or well, they're they're Piedmontese cows. Duh. Yep, they go. look like the uh, big old jacked cow uh, on um, bigger, Bel- stronger, faster. Belgian blue. Belgian blue. Belgian but get this. A lot of people at the Arnold said they've never had a steak taste like this before. And do you know why? Why? It's because Piedmontese owns 95% of all these types of cows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you are literally not going to get this meat from anyone else unless you find the 5% somewhere in the world, wherever the hell they are. Um, but that, yeah, this stuff is incredible and you know, you guys have to give it a shot. Uh, links to everything down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Do you guys have anything else or do you want to wrap it up? Take us on out here. One, what, wait, oh, real oh. quick, real quick. One more thing. Mm-hmm. When a lot of you guys listen to this, I don't know if this is going to be shared. Well, number one, share it with friends, but Mark always talks about, we always talk about here to not ha- not set up as many barriers for yourself. Because when we mm-hmm. talk about certain things, when we say certain exercises or talk about certain types of food, there's going to be this thing in the brain that says, I can't do that because of this, or I can't do that because of this, or I can't, one thing I hear from a lot of people is I can't take this food away because my kid loves it. <laughs> Stop, like, don't set up barriers. Try to figure out the easiest thing you can do, whether it's taking out the processed food in your house if you can't afford Piedmontese, find some type. There is chicken breast is not super expensive. Normal just meat at stores isn't super expensive. If anything is out of your price range, do not use the barrier of I don't have enough money 
as that barrier because that's not a barrier for this. You can make a lot of good stuff with not a, like with not a crazy amount of money. You can go out and take a walk. I know for some individuals it might be harder than for others, but you don't need to go get a gym membership if you can't manage that right now. If it's too far, you can go walk. You can go do some movements in your house. Lower the barrier to entry so you can start building some of these good habits. Don't set up an excuse for yourself in any type of way because there's always answers to these things. But once you say, I can't because of this, you've set that barrier up for yourself. No one else did. That was the main thing I wanted to mention. I like it. All right, everybody. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Make sure you guys like today's episode and down in the comments um, because we're going to revisit this multiple times. Mm. Um, But if there's something that you want us to talk about in regards to the whole like fat phobic thing or just obesity, everything that encompasses that uh, topic, um, ask the questions down below in the uh, YouTube uh, comment section and we'll get to it because, yeah, this is – this is definitely something that like we're very passionate about and a reason why we have this podcast. So make sure you guys do that and uh, follow the podcast at MB power project all over the place. That's uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, And then uh, my Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok is at I am Andrew Z and Sima. Where are you at? Make sure to go join the discord and Reddit community because we are in there chatting it up with you guys. Lots of different rooms in there. Uh, and we're, we're going to be uh, active on Reddit too. So and see my Yin on Instagram and YouTube. I didn't see my Yin on TikTok and Twitter. Mark. There's a lot of people that have <clears throat> pre-diabetes, diabetes. Um, a lot of these things can be preventable. A lot of these things are, what are considered to be metabolic diseases. So they basically come from your diet. They come from uh, energy toxicity, just overconsumption of energy. And so no matter what diet you want to be a part of, no no matter what tribe you want to be a part of, uh, just know that that is a a big overarching theme of all of them is to try to figure out how to get through every single day, uh, just eating less in general, less, uh, less energy. There's a stat that I heard recently that they believe by 20, 30 that like 50 percent of our population will end up with alzheimer's or dementia 50 percent of people will end up and according to what i've heard this this is like the most i mean it's hard you know you don't want to compare diseases but from what i've heard that this is one of the most tragic ones because your mom your dad your whoever they don't remember their life they don't remember you and they're and they're still alive you know it's like Fuck, man. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to even be around if I, you know, didn't have. And that's what makes us human, right? It's our mm-hmm. experiences, yeah. things that we remember. And uh, you lose that. You don't remember your own son. Like, just it gets really nasty. And uh, I don't know how to fix any of what has already happened to some folks. And there's obviously genetic things that are components to all this. But can we mitigate this? Can we? Uh, maybe have that process hit us much later in life or or not hit us at all, I think that we can. So for what it's worth, you know, I think that there's, it's not just, this is not just about like trying to get abs. It's not just about uh, performing better in the gym, although those things are amazing and those things give us goals for the uh, immediate future. There's the big picture down the road to also consider. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never strength. I'm at Mark Smilly Bell. Catch you guys later. Bye.